Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian. Now what? Where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Lindsay McCoy, a registered dietitian who's had a non-linear path to dietetics and has found her passion in helping people through her own business and podcast, Crave Nutrition. Please enjoy my conversation with Lindsay. Let's get started. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I've been catching up on your um, podcast this past week, so that's been fun, but we won't get to podcasting yet. We got to start... We got to start with the beginning of Lindsay in the dietetics world. When did you kind of start getting interested in being a dietitian and kind of tell me your story? Yeah, I love this question. I think the answers are always really interesting. And the more I listen to other people's answer to how'd you become a dietitian, the more I'm like, okay, yeah, nobody has a normal story. Everybody has their own background. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I've noticed a lot of people are like, well, I never thought I was going to be a dietitian, but, and I definitely fall into that category. (laughs) Um, Well, that's, that's good though. At least you recognize that it's totally normal and you don't have to have this beautiful, perfect dietitian story. No, that is just, you know, linear and it's smooth flowing and that's never been a part of my life, nor do I think that exists. So it's nice (laughs) to be able to feel fine with that. Yes. Yes. So yeah, tell me your non-linear story. (laughs) So I was an overweight teen growing up. And when I graduated high school, I just really did not have a lot of support or resources for what to do next. And so I started working at Starbucks. And at that point, I was 18 years old, like standing on my own two feet, kind of figuring out life and how I wanted to set up my own life and just working and being surrounded by some really great people. I ended up changing my own habits, like nothing drastic. It was just, I would go to the grocery store and I would purchase like apples and cucumbers instead of potato chips and cookies. Um, I started trying to walk and trying to jog a little bit and ended up changing my own habits, seeing a reflection of my own health. And at Starbucks, I really enjoyed it. Also recognizing that I really like academics, just maybe Initially, after high school, that wasn't an option for me. But after a little bit of time at Starbucks, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to college. And I enrolled at Metropolitan State University of Denver, go Roadrunners. I'm very proud of my undergraduate school. But when I showed up, it's kind of a non-traditional like commuter school. And a lot of people take gen eds there and maybe transfer to a different state college. And I showed up thinking like, yeah, I'll just take gen eds. And at orientation, they asked, well, what do you want to study? Like, um, great question. (laughs) I was like, I like nutrition and exercise, I guess. So they handed me those course maps, like printed out papers of all the classes you could take. And I was just like, okay, let's just start picking some. And I got into some health classes. I got into some nutrition classes. I got into some science classes. And I found out I really, really loved science. Like I love chemistry. I loved learning more about nutritional biochemistry and got into those classes, decided I'm going to pursue this. I learned nutrition careers exist. I learned what a dietitian was, um, declared that as my major kind of pursued it. And then 
as I was coming up towards the end of grad, end of undergrad, I still wasn't sure though if I wanted to go into dietetics or food science. I was really, really grappling with that. Like, would I want to work in industry or would I want to work kind of more with people? I viewed dietetics as more people oriented. Mm-hmm. And after my junior year, I had finished finals. Like two weeks later, I finally made a doctor's appointment because I was having all these weird symptoms um, throughout the semester. And lo and behold, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma at 21 years old after my junior year of college and started six months of chemo and radiation following that. Oh my gosh. I, you know, and I kind of knew, I knew about that just from, you know, getting to know you a little bit through Instagram and just seeing, meeting you personally, but I didn't realize how young you were and what a crazy thing to happen. Crazy is a great word for it because that wasn't even on my radar. Like I remember showing up to the doctor's appointment thinking like, I'm going to be the 21 year old that has a heart attack. Like what's going on? They're like, no, you're not going to be the 21 year old that has a heart attack. And then the next day it's like, oh, but you are the 21 year old with lymphoma. I'm like, oh, all right then. Didn't see that as an option. No, (laughs) it was like really surprising. But it what wasn't. Were your, what were your symptoms? Like, what were, I mean, like, how, how did you know something wasn't right? Yeah. So I was still working at Starbucks and I get up at like 4 a.m. to work an early shift and then I'd go to school. And so I was falling asleep in every single class, like right after work. And then I'd fall asleep in my afternoon classes. And part of that, it was just like, oh, I'm super tired from school and work. But I would fall asleep multiple times throughout the day. I had this really weird itching in my legs and it wasn't like a surface itch where it went away. It was like deep down, which was strange, but that's a well-known side effect, I guess. Um, I had Hmm. night sweats and I had this cough that wasn't like a cough. It wasn't a hiccup. It was somewhere in between. And it turns out it was just like one of the tumors pushing on my esophagus. And it was like me trying to like clear my throat almost, but obviously it wasn't a cough. Wow. Yeah. Well, at least you listen to your body though. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like so many people just live with things and they just keep going. Cause they're like, Oh, it's just like you said, it's like, Oh, I'm just tired from school and working or, you know, like you just don't think anything, you don't give any clout to what you're going through. And at least you listen for a 21 year old. That's pretty good. I have to say. That's a really good point. Cause it probably took me about six months of it not going away because I was 21 working at Starbucks. Like, I had gone, I had health insurance. That was the whole reason I worked at Starbucks. But I went to urgent care for something like a year before that. And I ended up getting a bill for like $150, which for urgent care is not terrible. But when you're 21 working at Starbucks yeah. trying to pay your bills, like that's not cheap. And no. so I kept putting it off. I was like, I don't want another, you know, couple hundred dollar bill to go to my doctor if it's just going to clear up. So I did push it and wait and wait and wait. <laughs> So, yeah, that's a good point about healthcare in our country. (laughs) Right, right. Like, it's scary at any age. Like, you don't want to have to have pay for things, but you also don't want to put it up. For go Yeah, right, right. So, I'm I'm assuming since you did go underneath treatment, I mean, I'm assuming you took a break from school because you needed to be healthy and focus on your health during that time. No. So working at Starbucks, no. I actually was offered <laughs> short-term disability. So I didn't have to work, but I still maintain uh, full-time student status. And actually, because I had extra time to study, that was like, I graduated with honors no matter what, but that was my best semester ever. 
Because you, well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's good. Like, thank goodness you had, you know, the short term disability and you were smart to have a full time job with those benefits. I got to give shout out to Starbucks for their benefits because you only need to work 20 hours a week. So it was great for being a student. So I got to maintain my health insurance and then I got, yeah, short term disability to help offset some of my bills. But no, I maintained full time student status and I, use this as a point like that was my first time really in a clinical setting obviously I was the patient not the healthcare provider but that semester that I was receiving treatment I was also in the advanced medical nutrition therapy class where you learn you know medical nutrition therapy for oncology patients and so it was really interesting to me for the first time to see kind of clinical nutrition care at least from a patient perspective and realize mm hmm, this is what it might be like to be a clinician in this setting, or I could I could picture it for the first time. Sure. So does that kind of why you were drawn more to um, patient care than industry side of dietetics? I think it started that for me, that that was a possibility. Before, I had never really understood what being a clinician maybe would look like, besides checking in with your doctor like once annually for a well visit. And sure. so... Yeah, it made it more real. It made it more tangible. I still wasn't totally convinced, but it was a much bigger option for me. Um, so a year after that happened, I was one semester away from graduating, um, and I still was not totally sure. I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so I ended up driving, what was this, May of 2015. I drove from Denver to Oregon as a life's crazy. I had like such a tumultuous year. I just needed to get out of Dodge. I needed to not work for a couple of weeks. I needed to not be a patient for a couple of weeks. I needed to not be a student for a couple of weeks. Um, I took a solo road trip out to Oregon and loved it. Fell in love with the coast, fell in love with like Oregon State, Oregon Health Sciences University. I thought I was going to apply to one of those. I thought I was going to move there. And literally on my drive back to Denver, I met my husband. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. We okay, you have were to tell both, that story. <laughs> yeah, we were both traveling. So I was driving back from Portland to Denver. It's 20 hours. And I wasn't going to do 20 hours by myself. So I spent one night in Ogden, Utah. And he was in Ogden, Utah, where Hill Air Force Base is. He was doing um, like a two-week training for his job because he's in the Air Force. And so it was a Friday night. I wasn't ready to kind of go back to real life. And so... Friday, I'm like, I'm going to go out, queue a whole evening. I'll fast forward a little bit to me downstairs. There was like, I'm hesitant to say club. It's technically a club, but it was a Utah <laughs> club. So it's just yes. like they had a band playing upstairs and um, like some arcade game stuff downstairs. They like they had pool tables. They had like um, foosball and they had shuffleboard. And there was a group of people playing shuffleboard. So I went up and was like, hey, can I get in on this? Like, yeah, sure. And like two minutes later, uh, my husband, Adrian, walks out of the bathroom. And I just look at him and like, internally, I'm thinking like, hello, who are you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you played, was he part of the group then? Yes. 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 He came back and like, we... We we're like paired up playing shuffleboard. So not he and I, he was off to the sides at first because there was just already four people playing. So he starts commenting on it like ESPN 
sports commenter style. And I'm like <laughs> pushing the little shuffleboard puck down. And he's like, ooh, a little too much pepper on that steak, Mike. I'm like, what? <laughs> like the goofiest. He was very goofy, very funny. But yeah, we met one night in Utah and he was stationed in South Carolina at the time. So like the next day I went back to Denver. Two weeks later, he went back to South Carolina and he ended up visiting me in Colorado about two months after we met. And so really our first date was a week straight. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Like, so he came to Denver and you guys hung out for a whole week and then you were like, okay, this is the guy. I was like, okay, you're really cute. I really like you. We like spending. I still thought it was just like, oh my gosh, this is fun. Like you got to come visit Colorado. Who wouldn't want to do that? Mm-hmm. And he, oh my gosh, it was so ridiculous. Like I knew he was in the air force, but he, when he came and visited me, paused towards the end of the trip. and was like, so I kind of have a confession to make. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you about to tell me? Like, are you cheating on your wife? Do you have a child? Right. Like, what, is, what are you about to tell me? He's like, oh, I'm being deployed. I'm like, that's it. Ah. Uh. You were like, oh, that's not so bad. <laughs> like, you built it up. I was like, that's it. And I'm like, we're not even technically dating. Like, yeah, you're living your life. Go do your thing. So, yeah, he got deployed for six months. And it so happened, it started like a month before I graduated. And I decided last ditch effort, kind of last ditch before DICUS applications were due, I saw that Iowa State did a six month dietetic internship. So I tossed my hat into the ring for the fall match. Um, ended up getting matched. So I moved to Iowa that January. So he was deployed for six months. I did a dietetic internship for six months, um, took the exam, and then I moved out to South Carolina. Oh my gosh, that worked out really well. That worked out perfect. Yeah, it is insane when I think about it. I'm just like, how did I end up here? <laughs> I mean, it, Iowa's not quite Oregon, but I mean, it works. <laughs> I do love me some Iowa. I'm very happy with my Iowa life. And I still, it worked out beautifully. Like, this is how crazy it is. So I worked at Starbucks in Greenwood Village, Colorado. One of my regular customers that I served coffee to for five years happened to go to the hospital, like Mercy Hospital in Mason City, Iowa, twice a year for some quality assurance audits. And he knew, like, one of the hospital administrators that how placed medical residents in like housing in the town so through my starbucks connection in colorado through all of this craziness i ended up living with this cute retired farming couple in this beautiful Aww. brand new home they built they had like a caretaker suite in the basement that they were renting out um it was just like how does this happen wow. like, how do you get connected like this it's just it's surprising how it works out you know, like, don't you believe, though, like all of those things, like you meeting your husband, you all the things that occur in your life, they all are kind of dependent on each other, I guess. Like the 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 actual vibes that you put out, I think, kind of create these things. And they just like, you know, the customer that you knew at Starbucks, you obviously developed a relationship with that person in some way or you touch their lives in some way, vice versa. And they were just paying it forward to you, you know, like. hundred percent. I, I love yeah. that paying it forward idea because the older I get, the more these things happen. And it's like without being purposeful or like doing things for the ulterior motive of, oh, if I do this now, then I'll get this in the future. Like, no, it's just 
it's really cool when these things happen and to get to be a part of that. I know I've gotten to experience connections and opportunities and benefits just from being kind and talking to people and yeah, how kind of the world goes around like that. So now I love getting to be in the position of kind of like, Ooh, what can I do for somebody? Like, how can I help you? Or like, it's, it's really cool how it happens. Well, and I think it happens to good people too. So that's a testament to you and how your life has worked out as well. You know, that just says that you just live a good life. You're a kind person and things just kind of come back to you in the same way. I love the whole, let's all pay it forward. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I do too. It's like, I think of that. I'm like, if I ever feel a tug to do something or just feel compelled, it's like, just do it. Because there's a reason why you feel that, that need or that desire to do something so don't ignore it just do it just do it I love that (laughs) just do it yeah okay so you moved you did your internship you obviously passed everything you needed to pass and you moved out to South Carolina so what did that look like for you I think you were were you just kind of thinking hey I'm just gonna go be with my man and just kind of see how it works out or did are you the type of person that needed a plan how did that work out for you gosh I would love a plan but I've realized that never works. So I've <laughs> abandoned the idea in my life. I'm just kind of like, let's see what happens. Let's just go with it. <laughs> and um, have you been, were you healthy through this whole time too? Like, had you, were you in remission? What was that kind of like, how was all that going for you too? Yeah. So it was six months of treatment. I finished November of 2015. So I'm officially hit five years, which is a really great statistic to hit. Yeah. And the cancer I had is pretty treatable. Like Hodgkin lymphoma is a really, it's kind of a well-known cancer in terms of it's characterized by a specific cell pathology. So thankfully, if you're diagnosed with Hodgkin's, you're likely to make a recovery. Um, definitely in remission. If you want to use the word cure, you probably could. Gotcha. Yeah. So I had to, I had to go for like some follow-up scans, but since November 2015, it's pretty much been smooth sailing for me, like minimal disruptions to my life, I guess. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. So not worried about internship time and not worried about heading to South Carolina at all when it came to your health. At least not when it came to my health. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So moving to South Carolina, like I... Had, when I was finishing up my internship and some of the preceptors were like, well, what are you planning on doing? What do you want to do? I'm like, I would tell my story and I'd preface it with, okay, if I were you, I would judge me so hard. But I met this guy a year and a half ago. <laughs> We've spent like a total of 30 days together and I'm going to move across the country to see him. And they're like, okay, have fun with that. <laughs> it clearly worked out. So I'm happy about that. But yeah, when yes. I was thinking of moving. I'm like, well, I'm going to move. I moved to Columbia, which is the capital. And it was about an hour away from where he was because more job opportunities, a kind of a more fun area. Um, ended up finding a roommate off of Craigslist. I ended up applying for jobs distance um, when I was still in Colorado, but I didn't actually have a job secured when I moved there. Uh, I actually was still working at Starbucks. So I transferred to a Starbucks out there to a, least have some income and it took me i don't know maybe like two or three months to land a job as a dietitian my first job 
Yeah. And, and what was your, what, were you kind of being selective or you, were you kind of like, Hey, I'm just going to do whatever I can do so I can just be working as a dietitian? I was not super selective. I was just like, I am ready to make some money and start repaying my loans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I ended up finding a pretty nice job on paper. I'll say it was in a bariatric center. Um, it was outpatient care, like good hours, good benefits. Cause it was part of the big hospital system there. And so there was a lot going for it. But once I got into it, the team was really not the right team for me at all. Um, and that was a hard lesson to learn because it was my first job in dietetics. I had moved to a new state. Um, I was in like a new relationship. So it was like what there was so much change in my life. I couldn't pinpoint like what feels off or maybe what do I need to address and so I actually ended up seeing a counselor about my job because it was so stressful to me. And I ended up having to leave it like seven months after I got there. I remember I drove away from that job. Like it was just so much stress from the environment I was in that literally that when I drove away for the last day, my shoulders felt lighter. I felt like alleviated from it. There was a very physical reaction. I was like, okay, lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Look for an environment that's right for you. It's not all about like, what do you have on paper? It's you have to live your life. So that was a very interesting first foray first. into dietetics. How long were you there for? Seven months. Oh, and it was, was it, could you tell kind of initially that it wasn't going to be the right fit for you? During my interview, now that I look back, there were probably some red flags that I would notice sure. now. Um, the first month, I thought was pretty fine. Um, it kind of took a turn. Like I got hired and started November of 2016 and probably right after the new year for 2017 was when I started realizing like, no, 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 I gotta, I gotta figure out something else. Well, I think it's great that you even sought out like assistance to like have some, you know, counseling with it. So you weren't like thinking you were off your rocker like what's wrong like you know what I mean like I think a lot of us as new dietitians were like am I just ungrateful am I just like what's wrong with me like why don't I like this job I should probably like this job so that's good that you did that 100% I'm absolutely all about that it was very like insightful some of the comments of like just getting to talk through what I noticed and maybe what I was missing and yeah having that third neutral third party voice to be like hey, let's talk about this. Let's see. Let's observe this or not even observe. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, pick apart this. It was very helpful because like I said, I had so much change going on. I couldn't sort it out of what was those like feelings of, oh, this is not right for me. What was right. that being attributed to? You're such a wise young lady. I love it. That's like something I would have never even thought about <laughs> that early in my career. So that's a good lesson to anyone listening. You know, if you're feeling like maybe job isn't for you, maybe just talking to a career counselor just to make sure that you're you're tuning in to what, because like you said, there's so many changes. That, well, you were going through a lot of changes just with moving and starting a new job, living somewhere else. But I think any new dietitian in a new position like that, even if they stay local or don't move, they still are going to be, it's still going to be weird. Yeah, it- rocks the boat so much like mm-hmm. there's 100 percent like a massive change in your life from i mean if we spend 40 hours a week doing it surrounded by whole new people whole new routines everybody has yeah. their little like office culture and politics like it's a lot to take in 
It is, especially if you're not used to that, which none of us are really. I mean, we're you're kind of in student mode, and that's completely different. Our intern mode is completely different than actually physically working somewhere. Yes. Very different than my Starbucks mode, too. as my job that I knew. I'm like, this is not Starbucks anymore. There's not music playing. I'm not dancing. <laughs> that would be hard, too, because that's a definitely a different culture. You know, just the atmosphere. And most people are happy when you give them coffee. You know, yep. like there's usually happiness involved with those beautiful cups of coffee. And whereas bariatrics, maybe not so much. And then, like you said, the office politics and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So it ended up working out though, like as that job, as I drove away from that job and felt physically just relieved, but also then real life, I had bills to pay. Um, I found a position in Sumter, South Carolina, which is where Shaw Air Force Base, where my husband was at, mm-hmm. was. So we got to move in together. I picked, I got this new job at a community health center, a federally qualified health center in Ooh. diabetes. Loved it. I love my team. I love the autonomy, but I had accepted the job offer. And then like two days later, before I had even started, I'd accept the offer. But before I started, um, my then boyfriend, we were just moving in together. We were enjoying time living in the same state, let alone the same city. Um, he got orders to go to Korea for over a year and so i was like well all right that didn't work out like as like we planned gosh oh my gosh well i feel like this is the lesson if you're if you're with a significant other in the service this is all possibilities right oh my gosh (laughs) did you stay in south carolina then yeah so this is what happened he was supposed to go for 12 months originally and so i started my job i was working in it and then right around maybe like four months before he was supposed to come back, when he came back from Korea, he was supposed to go to Montana. We were supposed to go to Montana. Well, yeah, we were married at that point. Um, so I quit my job in South Carolina. I had like tapered down my hours as they were advertising the position. They hired somebody. I trained them. I fully... Um, quit which was sad because I did really really like the job and I was kind of jealous of the person that took over and then right after I finished my last day I think a week or two later his orders to Montana got dropped he got stuck in Korea for another six months and so then I was just in South Carolina twiddling my thumbs of like oh my gosh what am I gonna do oh my gosh are you kidding so you like you love the job that you were at it was were you doing diabetes outpatient education yeah, and it combined with, like, some community nutrition, we started a farm stand, so we coordinated with, like, a local farmer who accepted SNAP and WIC, and so we started oh, wow. produce. I did, like, some cooking demos. I loved the job. It was very supportive, and they were like, eh, it's yours. Do what you want to do with it. Like, we trust you. You're the authoritative expert in nutrition. Um, what? How do you think we can meet the needs of our patients? It was just it was such a great job. Do those kind of, I mean, is that a common thing, a community-based facility like that that's federally funded? Is that common in the United States? I guess I've never really heard about that before. Let me talk about federally qualified health centers. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's such a cool model of healthcare. So they provide primary preventative care and primary care. 
And they do it in this very comprehensive manner where it's not, you know, you go to a visit and line by line, they charge you for each service that's offered. It's just, you come, here's your visit. We have these checkpoints to meet. Like we do a very comprehensive visit trying to address as all the needs in as few visits as possible because people that utilize these services tend to be uninsured or underinsured. And the whole point is to divert people like out of the ER for primary care, like mm-hmm. people who have you know high blood pressure rather than go to the ER every week, week after week is they can't fill their medication. And um, rather than utilize that really high level of care here, come to our office. It's quiet. We have, it's mellow. We can provide the services you need at a reasonable cost because there's sliding fee scales. There's grants. Um, so it's just a really cool model of healthcare. And mm-hmm. you can search. There's like a searchable website for federally qualified health centers by like zip code or location to find the one that's closest to you. I think every oh. state at least has one. Okay. And do most yeah. of them hire dietitians then? Or were you a special case because of the diabetes focus? Um, I don't know statistics. I do know they can hire dietitians as like part of their healthcare team. Um, okay. So part of it, I think is just, do they have the budget? Do they understand yeah. how to utilize a dietitian? So I was the first dietitian for this center and they had been open for 15 ish years by the time. Oh, I wow. On. Yeah. Yeah. And that was awesome that they were like, Hey, develop it how you like, we trust you. That's amazing. I know. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what did I just log into? This is amazing. <laughs> it's a complete drastic change from your first job, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. If I could do a 180 times like five, yes. <laughs> but then you have, so, so then you obviously did not continue working there after your husband at the time stayed in Korea for six more months. Is that what you said? Yeah. So he was there for 18 months. Oh my goodness. That's awful awful so what did you kind of end up doing then so that prompted my foray into internship and what i'm doing now so that was when i started instagramming as a verb um (laughs) i like it (laughs) so i started instagramming that's when i tried i like pitched myself to try to do some freelance writing i live streamed a cooking class with another dietitian on cookwithme.tv. Ooh. I've never heard of that before. Is that, I guess I've never seen that before. Yeah. So Ashley Thomas was in Charleston, South Carolina at the time. And we actually met in today's dietitian spring symposium. Like we were both living in South Carolina and we met in Austin, Texas at the conference. And they're like, <laughs> of course oh, you we're did. like an hour and a half apart. <laughs> And so she invited me over. She's like, hey, if you're down in Charleston, let's hang out. I was like, hey, why don't I come to Charleston to cook with you on your show? So she was live streaming this show on Facebook, Cook With Me TV. And so when I was in South Carolina for maybe like six or seven months, I ended up live streaming a cooking class like twice a week. Oh, that's so fun. That's really a great idea. I mean, does she still do that? Is that something that she still does? Yeah. Yeah, so she ended up moving to Illinois. She has a private practice there now. She still does Cook With Me TV like once a week, but is on a hiatus. She literally just had her first daughter oh, sure. um, like last Sunday. 
Oh, wow. That's yeah, very like literally. <laughs> <laughs> so on a little bit of a break ex- right now. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I mean, that was probably fun for both of you to do that together. And did you like that kind of stuff? Then you did that in your previous job too. Yeah, and it was a lot easier to do it in an actual kitchen than, <laughs> you know, bet. on like a little push cart with a hot yeah. meat. <laughs> so you connected that way. So was that, were you just kind of doing kind of more like, I'm going to, I'm kind of going to start this entrepreneurial type thing and see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, That's a really great way to put it because it was just like the opportunity knowing that I was in South Carolina at the moment, but I wasn't going to be there for long. So I wasn't looking for jobs in South Carolina. I'm like, what? And I don't know where we're going to move to though. So I can't try to move there early and try to get a job there. So let me just keep busy, try to do something with my time. And that's when I like joined a bunch of Facebook groups, was learning about dietitians and entrepreneurship and learning about why do blogs exist, blogs exist? How do people like monetize websites? How do people, um, all the things that all the different mm-hmm. dietitians do. And part of that was not great because I would get like professional whiplash almost looking around like <laughs> this dietitian does this cool thing and this dietitian does this cool thing. And I could theoretically do any of these but you can't do all of them but I didn't really know that at the time and so it would be like jumping back and forth without any sort of path or vision or clarity so it was a very much a learning experience um and I like that because it gave me a little taste a little sampling of like what the heck is all of this and now we moved to Wyoming and I started a private practice here I actually like have some context to why dietitians do different things or how they make careers out of different things. I'm like, okay, now I can just pick what I think is going to work for me. I understand this now. Well, I love that professional whiplash because I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Because once you start onto that entrepreneurial kind of quest, there is so much information, but you're right. You just are like, oh my gosh, I need to be doing this or I need to be doing this or I should be doing this. And you don't have time. You can't figure it out until you start to really like zone in on what you're your passions really are. Yes. So what have yeah. you cho- so what what's the name of your business? Crave Nutrition RD. And you're like I have to say like you are doing all the things and I think it's amazing all the things that you're doing. So what have you kind of zoned into being your kind of things that you enjoy doing and things that are people that you enjoy serving? Oh, what a good question. Um, so (laughs) still figuring it out. (laughs) What a good, yeah, I feel like that's an ever evolving question. Ask me again in like two days. I'll probably have a different answer. It'll be different. (laughs) Um, so right now I have my in-person private practice. Um, I do accept like Blue Cross Blue Shield and Cigna, which thankfully in Wyoming, it's such a, it's the least populated state. So there's few options like those two insurers cover two thirds of the state. Wow. Um, which made this venture easy for me. Easier, I'll say. Mm-hmm. But I serve um, in person. I really like working professionals, generally like 35 to 60 with those kind of swirling chronic disease of diabetes, hypertension, um, maybe abnormal triglycerides and cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And that's who I absolutely adore working with. So I do in-person appointments, and then I'm using the information that I talk about in my in-person appointments 
recognizing that, hey, if these people in Cheyenne, Wyoming are struggling with these problems, I can probably guess that they're not the only ones. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be able to say like, hey, if I can help you as an individual solve this problem, how can I turn around and help others more on a larger scale solve this problem? And so that's where like online work comes in. I recently started a podcast, the Crave Nutrition RD podcast, um, with the idea of yes, addressing some of those questions. you're on episode... Yeah, and I love I love your platform because you're like talking to other professionals, sometimes registered dietitians, just about it kind of seems like the topics that you're kind of facing in your population and that you're interested in. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And that's what I'm hoping is that, you know, for my in-person patients, but also people that would be looking for the same type of health, whether or not they're in Cheyenne, you know, podcast has a much larger reach. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, interviewing other professionals in the field and talking through those questions, those hot topics, really trying to provide education for people listening, like the general public that's listening and provide ideally actionable tips that they can implement too. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like serving that my, my people, the people I enjoy working with within clinical dietetics is diabetes, prediabetes prevention, um, I do that in person and then everything I do online, I'm trying to align that to where I'm still answering the same questions kind of for the same population, just on a grander scale. And so that's what the podcast is. I'm trying to get together like a few really solid blog posts of that content or the topics that I talk about most frequently. I want it to be really a go-to resource as almost like a first step. So when people are looking for answers to prediabetes, for diabetes, um, for prevention with their health, that they could utilize these resources and then build off of that by seeking out a dietitian for one-on-one care. It makes sense. And that's, you know, people that's, they're on the internet, they're looking for answers. And that's, I think that's a great idea just to give them that starting point to figure out if they need you or want you in their life. Yeah. And I think most dietitians would appreciate, I know I would, rather than having somebody come to me like a deer in headlights, completely blank of like, I have no idea what to do, but kind of have that momentum going of like, hey, here's what I've tried from a credible, qualified, authoritative source. And now I'm ready to individualize this. Now I'm ready to build off of this. And you also um, have a program. You've started kind of like an online program as well. Yes, my butter blood sugar course. So it's currently closed. Um, I'm redoing some of the content and hoping to open it actually in April. So okay. just around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's another area again, that you can, like you said, reaching people outside of your community or people that just like to do things from a at home, you know, by the yeah. computer kind of way. Absolutely. Um, like I've taken courses like that for my own needs where sometimes you just want that like sort of intro course to help you get your feet wet and get the ball rolling. So yeah, I love that. So share with me, um, when you, cause you're a person, so, you know, when you, you think about being an entrepreneur and you're trying to serve your community, bouncing into a new community like Cheyenne, Mm -hmm. what kind of things do you do to kind of get your name out there to connect with your community? What kind of things have you tried and what things have worked and didn't work? It's a really good question. And I feel 
ridiculously fortunate to have moved to Cheyenne, Wyoming, where people are so welcoming and hearing that I've wanted to start, you know, practice in dietetics and serve people with this, um, like these diseases. It's been a very warm reception for me. So I've been pretty fortunate. There's, um, I mean, there really wasn't a private practice dietitian here. When I moved here last summer, one other person started a practice over the last couple months. So it was a really, oh, really? needed service. So I got lucky. Sure. Um, but I've learned so much about startup resources. I got to say, I was actually just on the Artie to Artie Marketplace live show. Yeah, I saw that you were going to be on there. I didn't catch it, but how, but how was that? Like talking about your resources. Yeah, I was kind of talking about the same topics of how do you get integrated in a new area. And so I talked about some business resources of like connecting with your local library, business library services to help small businesses, Mm -hmm. Um, connecting with local business councils, whether it's a government organization like the Small Business Administration or a non-government organization like here we have the Wyoming Business Council. Mm -hmm. And then... Well, that one's, I guess, a government organization. Cheyenne Leeds is a non, an NGO here. Anyways, um, connecting with educational, like academic resources. So usually a local university, their business school probably knows about how you can get connected or who you can know, um, how you can get funding to start your business. That's a huge thing. And then usually there's some sort of like chamber, like you can start networking with other business owners Um, there might be sub industry events like healthcare networking events so i don't know i google a lot and or facebook events you can find a lot yeah well i saw that you've attended a few like local different events in your community that you were actually present at the event kind of with your face and kind of providing some type of service but also promoting your business yeah, I'm amazed that you see those on Facebook. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I mean, I, maybe I stalk you a little bit. I don't know. Am I? It's possible. <laughs> it's, you can stalk me anytime. I mean, for your preferences. <laughs> How old should we be? Can I say, put me on speed dial? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I like, I think, you know, you're right. You did have an awesome opportunity because there wasn't a lot of dietitians in your area, but you also have to be like a go-getter. Like you just can't expect business to come to you you have to go connect with your community in hopes to have that return of hey well they're going to see my face they're going to like me they're going to want to hang out with me they're going to want to learn from me they're going to want to be my patients they're want you know that whole transition i think that's a really great way to put it it really is and being being willing to put yourself out there and being willing or being prepared to know that there are people that are not going to be interested there are going to be people that think what you're doing is useless or there are going to be people that like scoff at you not to be like mean about it, but I don't know. I think some people are like intimidated by other people going after things. And mm-hmm. so for sure they want to cut you down and stuff, or there's not always a warm reception and recognizing that's going to happen and it's okay. And I think probably for you, just with your husband, it's, entrepreneurship is probably the best route just for you because of the possibility of moving again. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty (laughs) common for military spouses, but my goal, I'll put it out into the universe. It's well known. Um, I want my husband to be a stay at home house husband so he can follow me around 
That is my dream. It could happen. I like it. I think it's good that it's out in the universe because I remember when we met each other officially, you were talking about that. And I'm like, I love that idea. (laughs) I want it so bad. And so, yeah, that's a pretty strong motivator for me. And yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So besides you wanting your husband to be a stay at home man in your life, um, what is kind of the future goals for you and your business? Ooh. Great question. So my in-person practice, I would like to grow to incorporate another dietitian as a group practice by the end of the year, Um, especially when my lease is up. I want to move into a little bit bigger of a space so I can start offering group classes and then just have another dietitian to sort of handle the bulk volume of counseling. And then online, grow my podcast. You know, I'm five episodes in. I've currently released it every other Tuesday. So I want to have 26 episodes by the end of the year. Um, Continue with my better blood sugar course. And those are probably the big online ones. As easy as those two things sound, there's like, you know, 80 million subtasks that go with them. (laughs) I was like, those are big tasks. Like you're like, that's about it. Well, that's a lot. But I think if anybody's going to accomplish it, you're definitely the type of person to make it happen. I hope so. Thank you. (laughs) Well, and I honestly, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to connect at an event this past year um, with Bear, which was awesome. And I think like that, those are those connections. Like, yes, we learned a lot, but also getting to know you and for you to kind of inspire me just with all the things that you're doing. That's like the most valuable thing I think I got probably out of that, too. So it's very rewarding. Oh, you can't see me right now. So I'm freezing cold right now. It's super windy. I'm like snuggled up in a blanket. Are you I'm like squeezing it tighter? Just, oh, I feel so warm, so like warm good. and fuzzy from that. <laughs> good. I'm glad. But I think you're doing amazing things. And I love that, you, you know, you have a great perspective of just moving to new locations and re- recreating the the wheel and kind of doing your own thing. And I think if that's the feelings that you get when you're a dietitian that you should, again, lean into it, go with the tug and just do those things. Love that. Yeah. All right. I have some hard questions for you. Bring them on. <laughs> I'm looking forward to these. Everyone says these are so hard. I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> so share with me some foods that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, lately, I am really into like a loaded turkey sandwich with everything on it like so many vegetables like every color of the rainbow but packed with flavor especially pickled red onions like i Mm. don't know why i'm suddenly obsessed with turkey sandwiches but i am right now (laughs) i love on instagram you guys need to follow her because you do share some very unique food things that i would never even think about and that i'm like oh yeah why don't i do like the pickled onion things i'm like why don't i think about that because that adds a whole different layer of flavor than just regular onions and i think that's fun that you share your interesting kind of things that you do with food thank you yeah i I i'm glad to hear that some people think it's interesting because this is where you have to go forward and the haters are gonna hate i get dms of people saying that looks like shit or like, I would never Seriously? eat that. I've gotten a couple DMs or like somebody gave me like some lippy attitude because I chose Trisket Thin Crisps and that's promoting diet culture. And I was like, <gasps> what? 
Like, I'm just, I'm eating crackers. Like, I don't know what I can do to please everybody. And you can't. And so you have to go for it. That's crazy. Just like, well, and I feel like you're very educational in your posts. It's not like you're just like, hey, eat this Trisket thin crisp because yeah, (laughs) you know, like you're, you try to educate along with what you're doing. I really try to like provide neutral information so people can make the choice that sounds best to them. I'm sure I probably lean it towards my personal preferences just for the fact that, you know, I share my own life. Yeah. But yeah, it is interesting. Some of the comments I get of like, oh, I would never eat that. That looks terrible. Or like, (laughs) what a mess. I'm like, why are you following me? (laughs) Yeah, then maybe just unfollow. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can't. Well, one that I particularly liked that you did, it was something to do with something you bought that you're like, I need to add more vegetables because this doesn't have, it kind of doesn't meet the plate and how you just souped up the vegetables in a product that you bought. And I'm like, yeah, that's like so like tangible and easy for people to do. So I think you're doing a fantastic job. Okay. I also really, really appreciate this comment because two people specifically messaged me that they liked it and like people that I'm trying to reach my ideal audience. Um, one woman said, I know you've posted this plate before, but this just really resonated with me. Thank you for this. I was like, oh, mm. yay. And it was the exact post of like, I bought one of those meal kits. Yeah. It was a very tasty meal kit, but yeah, it just didn't have a lot of vegetables. So I added some. See, you just, those oh. are the ones you have to remember, right? Like those are the good ones. <laughs> you never know what's going to stick. So I always love hearing like what people notice. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. It's good that you got some response back, too. That was positive. Yes, always a good thing. <laughs> uh, why don't you share with me some beverages that you enjoy? Um, my Iowa roasted coffee that you sent to me lovingly. <laughs> I know why you like coffee now, since you worked at Starbucks for so long. I can I see it. <laughs> I also, my early years of undergrad, I did coffee cart catering and Starbucks at the oh, same time. Oh yeah, my so gosh. I would start my morning doing coffee cart catering in executive offices in the Denver Tech Center. And then I would either go to Starbucks in the afternoon or school in the afternoon. You have a strong coffee connection. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is. I have a blood uh, coffee concentration of probably like 0.08. <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> Pushing that legal limit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when you're in cold Cheyenne, you need lots of warm coffee. (laughs) So, so much. (laughs) So coffee is by far my beverage of choice. Hot, iced, mostly hot because it's cold here so often. But yes. When will it start getting nice in Cheyenne? We've had a couple teaser days. Like it's hit 50, maybe two or three days so far this year. And I think Friday it's supposed to hit 60. And so I'm really, really looking forward to like spring. Nice. But it's so kind of like windy. Iowa. The wind, the wind, though, the wind is bad. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> all right. Share with me some scents or smells you enjoy. So funny enough, um, I actually have this like vanilla scented Tahitian vanilla candle. Ooh. But my brother-in-law mailed my husband and I this like coffee latte candle and so i will light both of them at the same time to make it smell like a vanilla latte oh my that's genius like that's totally genius what a good idea i do like the smell of coffee there's i mean like i even think it smells better than it tastes (laughs) sometimes yeah especially if you brew it and you walk away from it then you walk back into the room Mm -hmm. all the fresh aroma 
Yeah, there's something to be said for that scent. It's crazy. Ooh, you're a genius with the scents. I'm going to have to think of that when I burn some candles next time. Like, how can I combine them and be creative? Good idea. I know, mix and match. <laughs> uh, what kind of things do you like to listen to? Music, radio, podcasts? Definitely podcasts. Yours, mine. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, I listen to, I've probably rewatched, and by say I rewatch, re listen to The Office on repeat <laughs> in the background way too much. Yeah, that's kind of true though. When you have a show that you like, it's so like you can just listen to the conversation that they're having. You don't even need to see the, the actual TV. Yeah. And especially so I work from home half the time. Like the only time I interact with people is typically my in-person counseling appointments, which I only do a few days a week. And so it's basically like, how can I bring office culture into my home and like have other people? <laughs> I'll have it on in the background. You just think of them as your office mates. You're like, these are my coworkers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michael Scott's my annoying boss. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a really good idea. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of true, though. I kind of end up do listening to a lot of TV. I don't really actually watch it or Netflix or whatever. It's just on and it's like something to kind of fill the silence because otherwise it's just hours, hours of silence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that can get a little exhausting, too. Um, why don't you share with me what brings you joy in life? <sighs> just thinking of this question just makes me smile. <laughs> There's so many little things like the fact that I'm, what is it, like 12 p.m. on a Wednesday and I'm sitting wrapped up in a blanket all cozy getting to have this conversation just makes me so happy. That's the, good when, stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just mm, cozy. Um, I really love my home and my husband and, you know, the days where it's like sunshiny and there's a light breeze, it's not super windy out. Um, getting to sip like a flavorful iced tea or iced coffee outside, getting to go for a walk. I feel like there's all sorts of little moments throughout the day that just, when you stop and you think, this is incredible that I get this and this is in my life and I'm afforded this opportunity. And I feel like I have a lot of those moments over the tiniest little things that just make me so happy. All those tiny things, you know, create big things. And that's that's where the overall you're feeling that you get all day long if those tiny things add up. So that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you're making me smile. You're making my heart so like, <laughs> like I can picture my heart right now. Not like saying I'm the Grinch, but when it grows four <laughs> sizes, that's the feeling I have from getting to have this conversation with you. I, you know, I truly, I agree because these, that's why I do this podcast because I get to have these meaningful conversations with amazing people like you and, and, it's good to kind of see a more personal side of dietitians sometimes and, and talk about things outside of dietetics. It's nice. It is nice to have a break, but it's national nutrition month right now. I know it's true. This recording, so. <laughs> it won't be aired for a little while, but yeah, I mean, we should probably be focusing on that a little bit in March, but. <laughs> I love the underlying factors that go into it then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I, it's been so interesting getting to know kind of the background and I look forward to the future of Lindsay and Crave Nutrition. I think there's a lot of great things that'll be happening and I hope people feel comfortable reaching out to you if they have questions about what you're doing and to make sure to follow along on 
social media because you're doing great things. Thank you. And yeah, I'm very well, warm, welcoming to questions. Um, I've actually had two dietitians reach out to me and Friday of this week, I have like two sort of like, Hey, let's get to know each other appointments. So I'm very much into that. That's awesome. I'm glad you're, you're like mentoring people. That's great. Love it. I like getting to be in this point in my life. (laughs) It's nice being able to be in this position because I feel like I've been fortunate to receive that help and advice and wisdom from so many people. And the fact that people see that for me and like, you can, I will tell you whatever you want to know because Mm -hmm. I am just figuring out myself too, but I know I've benefited in the past. So if you will benefit, I'm happy to be that person for you. See, we're circling back to that whole pay it forward thing, like going right back to it. This was not planned. No, it wasn't, but it's funny how that happened. Like the beginning and the end perfectly come together. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Lindsay. And I know I'll be seeing you soon. Yes, thank you. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And if I could spend every Wednesday with you, I absolutely would. (laughs) I like that idea. We'll have to think about that. I feel very grateful to have connected with Lindsay because if you didn't notice during our conversation, she approaches life and her business in the most positive way. These are the type of people I like to surround myself with, and I hope you do too. If you would like to connect with Lindsay, head on over to the show notes and make sure to subscribe to the Crave Nutrition RD podcast. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.